Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Private Parts Unknown, a podcast that explores love and sexuality around the world. I'm Courtney Kosak. And I'm Sophia Alexandra. And we have a delicious treat for you guys today. Yes, we're so excited to welcome these two women creators and partners, much like us, but, you know, just a little bit younger, like a thousand years. I love how that's the difference that you focus on. Also, one of them is American and one of them is from Holland. Yeah, which is like us, except for I'm not from Holland. I'm from Ukraine. Again, we're the same. Oh, we are the same. (laughs) (laughs) But these two ladies are the creators of Amsterdam Avenue, which is uh, a web series that explores um, love and dating and life for expats. The trailer's out now. You guys can check it out on Fountain Valley Productions' YouTube channel. Also, Catherine Curtin's in it. I don't know if you know her from Insecure. I love her. She's amazing. Uh, So, you know, they did a bang up job and the trailer's funny. You can definitely see some different cultural stereotypes and differences being played with in the trailer. And I am so excited to see that play out in the series. Yeah, it's so fun. And uh, these ladies are... Uh, only 26, but they've lived in a lot of different places. And it's really interesting to talk to them about the different cultural differences that they've noticed in dating and living other places. We were like mining them. We're like, tell us. Yeah. No, they're super worldly. They've had loads of experiences. They're currently traveling and they're going to be traveling even more to support the series. So yeah, they're doing screenings all over. So you should check out their website because they might be coming to a town near you. Yeah. So I hope you guys enjoy this as much as we did. Here is Dion and And Pooja. Pooja. I'm not even going to try with the last names. (laughs) I appreciate that. We are so excited to be sitting here with the co-creators of Amsterdam Avenue. I don't want to butcher your names, and you both have a little complicated name, so can you introduce yourselves? Hi, yeah. I'm Pooja Tripathi. I know it's a bit difficult. And I'm Dion Vandenberg. Love it. She's Beautiful never going to say I'm, that. I would never say that right now. <laughs> <laughs> After we've been friends maybe for like 10 years. Yeah, she would like brave it. You guys can come it. back and I'll nail it. Yeah. <laughs> She's like practicing at home every night. She's like, Pooja. <laughs> yep, almost there. <laughs> so this is a hilarious kind of tidbit. But before we started rolling, we asked our guests, what is your favorite kind of pizza? And you guys had the exact same answer. And it was like a kind of a weird one. Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. consistent with our choices. We like to eat the same things. Yes. It's <laughs> vegan pizza, cashew cheese. 
Eggplant. Pesto. We like when there's pesto. Pesto or marinara sauce. Or marinara. Sometimes both. You're yes. so insane. This is the cutest thing I've ever seen. They're just shooting it back and forth. Yes, that is the ideal pizza. Okay, decided. <laughs> but there's All only... those four weird things together, perfect. I'm oh, also an artichoke. Who... Okay, yes. But I'm the only one who wants the red pepper chili flakes. So like only half the pizza is covered in that. Yeah. To be fair, we have some differences. She can have the jalapenos too. Yeah. I like spicy. I'm with Me you. Me too. Yeah. You can share my half. I'm just so curious. Are you, is that why you started? I mean, like I met Sophia and we were very in sync in some of those ways. And then it was like obvious that we would start collaborating. Did you guys have that same thing? Actually, we have a funny story of how we met. Yeah. Um, we met in Saint Tropez at a club. Oh, wow. That's so. a sexy story. <laughs> That's not what I was <laughs> expecting. So. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. We were, we were partying in a club. When actually my brother started hitting on Pooja's friend. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And then we merged as a group and it didn't work out between the brother and the friend, but we just worked out touch. for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the real reason they were dating. They, oh, they were didn't even get around. Even date. Or tried to. Nothing happened. They just like talked. I don't think they even kissed. No, to be they didn't. And there was no reason for them. No, the <laughs> no. only move that was made was like our friend requests on Facebook to each other that day. And you were living in separate places. Yep. Yeah, I was still in college. I went to Carnegie Mellon, and I was still there. So in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and I was in Amsterdam. Yeah. And you kept in touch for how long? Long distance like that? Years. Like years. Three years, maybe. Three years until I moved to New York. And before that, you actually came to Holland once to go with me on vacation. Yeah. Dion randomly was like, oh, we've been in touch. We've been like loosely staying in touch for years. Like want to come to Croatia and Venice. Oh my God. And I was like working a corporate desk job and I was like, yes. That sounds awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't have to think about it even twice. (laughs) So you moved to New York and then you guys, how did you become creative partners? First, we were friends for a long time. Um, yeah, we just we were hanging out. Pooja had her job. I was in acting school. Um, then after acting school, I actually moved out to L.A. for auditions. And then um, Pooja came and visited me. And I was working on a short film. So Pooja and I did the casting together, which was a lot of fun because we both never done that before. Yeah, it was like the most amazing thing ever to see. Like you made up a character and there's like 10 versions mm-hmm. of them in front of you. So cool. Yeah. And they do all the things you tell them to in the script. Like every in between every time I was like, ah, <laughs> oh my God. It's so yeah. thrilling to watch somebody say words that and you only had come, read in your head or had made exactly. up yeah yeah see it come to life in different ways that is so cool yeah. yeah it's so wild so then after you guys did the casting what was the next step um then we started writing together yeah you moved back to new york yeah um i was working in fashion at the time and i ultimately ended up leaving my fashion job i was done with the corporate world and so we had an idea for years to make a TV show together. But over the years, we started to learn more and more things about how to do that. So it went from like a crazy idea to actually being possible. Yeah. And so I'd quit my job and we just decided to go all in with our idea for Amsterdam Ave. Nice. Can you tell our listeners about Amsterdam Ave? Yeah. So Amsterdam Ave is about two girls played by us. One is Dutch Ernemies. She lives in Amsterdam with her boyfriend. Um, she's engaged, but actually has the dream of becoming an actress. 
And, and the other is Indian American working in fashion in New York. Who's who? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is this based on real life or what? <laughs> Loosely. Loosely based, yeah. Um, and she has the dream of going to Amsterdam to be a DJ. So they end up house swapping. And the series really follows them kind of defying societal expectations of you should get married, you should be in a normal job, and instead following their dreams and being expats in a new culture. Very cool. So fun. Yeah. So the trailer's out now. Yep. And uh, we love just the morsel that we got to taste already. And it looks like you guys are playing with some cultural stereotypes too. Yeah, for sure. I think we play, well, I think what you could see in the trailer was the Americans comment. Yeah, there was the, some stuff about Americans yeah. and then it was like three in a row I clocked. I was like, oh, nice. I wonder what's going to happen with this and this and this. The smoking weed. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the Amsterdam uh, smoking weed yeah. uh, association. And then, yeah, there was one more I can't remember right now. Yeah. No, we played around with it a lot. I mean, that's just what comes up in life, I think, living in these cultures and what you hear from people. Yeah, as an American, I'm sure you guys have experienced this. You always get these comments, oh, like, wow, you guys must be eating like huge Big Macs. <laughs> and, and it just feels like in this day and age, we have that conversation every time we go anywhere. And uh, come on, like yeah. this can't be. So we, we thought it was so funny to like put it in there as um, the boyfriend, the fiance that Maya, Dion's character, left behind. And she's like rolling her eyes at this ridiculous comment. But she's not American. And right. she still sees that. Yeah, we just feel like we're past that. We should be past that, you know? Like, no, not everyone in Amsterdam smokes weed. And not everyone in America is, like, obese, you know? It's just <laughs> not <laughs> It's absurd. Yeah. I mean, it's an honor to be known for that. But <laughs> I was going to say, though, statistically, uh, we mostly are, though. But obese. at the same time, no, though, it's true. But when we're there, like, and we're showing up and people are, like, looking at you and being like, so, how does it feel to be, like, from an obese country? And you're like... <laughs> Okay, I'm vegan, first of all. Right, <laughs> like, right. This is not applying to every single person. Sure. And, and it is also kind of funny, which is why we put it in there as a little bit of humor, too. Yeah, it's also a joke. Yeah. yeah. And then as an actor, your character is told to correct your accent, right? Yes. Did you ever have that happen yes. to you in real life? I was very insecure about my accent in the beginning. And I was really worried that I would never be able to change it. And I definitely had to work on it a lot. Um, but it was also, yeah, you feel really insecure because you don't feel like you can fully express yourself in the beginning. And then also people comment on it. Like, especially I had one guy in class, I remember, who was like laughing at me because of my accent. And I was, you know, that hurt. I was like, yeah. oh, no, what am I going to do? Or people like always have to lean in and they're like, what? What are you saying? Um, yeah, so... That was a. a I mean, you sound in. great. I'm listening to you right now. Yeah, oh, I moved here from you. from Ukraine, so English is my third language. It was like Russian, Ukrainian, then English. Wow. So wow. But for a long time, when I was first here, it's like it sucks because you're just trying to convey meaning, but people are just completely stopped by how your words are presented, exactly. and it's very frustrating because you're trying to like communicate, and they're like, oh. How long have you been here? Exactly. When did you move here? And suddenly the conversation's about something else, which you don't want it to be about because you've already answered that question like a thousand times, you know? Yeah. And then people are like, no, but please tell me your story again. And you're like, I just wanted to tell you something else unrelated to where I'm from. Exactly. And it's really hard because people just keep gearing it back towards like, oh, your accent's so different. Tell me more. Yeah, exactly. Then it always becomes about that. 
And then especially if you're in acting school, like you want to be able to play like American characters, you know? Mm -hmm. And then it sucks if you feel like I can't be cast as anyone in America, which is Mm -hmm. tough because I live here. I imagine you're pretty castable now. Have you gone through a whole like evolution with that? Um, Yeah, I feel like I still I still have a little bit of an accent, but um, I've accepted it now. Like, you know, and I can also change it. I'm also better at different accents in general. So, well, we we did something really funny when we when we were um, still writing the show and doing little things here and there. We did like this little video for this language learning app called Optolingo, <laughs> and uh, they were looking for um, people who spoke a language but not natively to basically be like Optolingo taught me this language and so I did one in French and oh, cool. which I'd been learning for like which I knew for years and it wasn't I did not learn it from the app sorry Optolingo <laughs> <laughs> but well that's it Optolingo just unsubscribed from our podcast <laughs> yeah, breaking news but Dion did one in Dutch and she did yes. an American accent in, in Dutch, Dutch and it was the funniest thing ever that's crazy so you're yeah. pretending to be to be American Yes, learning, learning Dutch. Dutch. Learning Dutch. Yes. I love that. that. Is a wild inception type situation. <laughs> it's like, really funny. Like, yeah, Dutch friends and family, they like were very excited about it. She was like, thanks to Optolingo, I can speak to my Oma in Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> You're almost Amazing. clowning you at her house. She's like, oh, okay, you finally learned how to speak. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, I should show her. I don't think I've ever shown her. <laughs> We're talking about how there's stereotypes, obviously, about different cultures that you guys are like making fun of and stuff because you're like, that's not true. What are things that you've noticed because you've lived in so many places now um, that you would say culturally are actual differences, like especially as it relates to what we care about, which is dating and like romance and love? Um, So what I would say, the first thing difference between especially Dutch and American culture is that in Dutch, it's very much about behave normally, fit in with the rest, um, don't do anything crazy, which we have in the show. Like, it's a big part of the show, which is also why it's a bigger hurdle for for Maya, the main character, to move to New York and to follow her dreams. And, you know, they, they just find things crazier. Like, they find people more extra, very quickly. Yeah. That tracks with what we learned when we went to Helsinki, Finland. Yeah. Yes. Another Scandinavian country. Right? Is that are they? No, the Netherlands is not Scandinavian. But, but so close. It's, it's very <laughs> close. Yeah. I understand the confusion. It's also pretty similar to like Denmark. You know, like, yeah. It's yeah. Like one of these countries. Um, but they have the same thing that they commented on that, you know, for a lot of people there, it's it's a, more about trying to... F- fit in and not be too seen as yeah too extra yeah don't stand out <laughs> which is very american exactly we're like over here we're like, hey. <laughs> people are like shut up we're like what's going on americans here <laughs> that's how it definitely was when i was in holland last summer for three months i was like feeling the need to entertain everyone and being like hey everyone like we're here from new york and everyone was just like shut up like who is this small blabbering girl because i'm also like five feet shorter than everybody there so oh, yeah they're all like very tall viking people they are i was very short in holland now oh, yeah. i'm considered like average to tall yeah strange that's so funny but yeah no we would be like the loudest person anywhere anywhere, we 
And it wasn't it wasn't really us trying. It was just, <laughs> just being totally ourselves, which is so yeah, sad. Yeah, everywhere was just so <laughs> silent. It was not hard to be the loudest person there. What would you right. say you attribute that to if you had to guess? Um, Calvinism. <laughs> I was going to oh, say, you did God. not even have to think about that twice. You're like, religion fucked us up. <laughs> I didn't want to say it in unison with you because I feel like we do that sometimes and it freaks people out. No, that I, is yeah, such like a that. specific answer to give and unison. I would have, that would have been a trip. That would be the first time maybe in the world that people have said, two, two women, two anybody's have said Calvinism at the same, <laughs> same time, time. Just in a dad. joking manner. It's like a spell. <laughs> totally. Calvin dad. just comes back to life. We're like, no, we didn't mean for this we to didn't. happen. <laughs> yeah, Dion's dad gave us like a speech about this last summer. We like learned all about Calvinism and how, to, how you're supposed to keep your head down and how it's oh. the opposite of capitalism here where it's like, I did well, I want to show it off to everyone and like, like, check out my bling. Well, now I'm not like a rapper, but you know, <laughs> versus there where it's like, I did well, but let me just still wear beige. Yeah. And like, <laughs> yes, it. everyone wears beige. Beige trench coats. That's really Sensible. funny. The beige yeah. thing is hilarious. I would totally put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. But then actually on the other hand, if you look at dating, it's, it's very different because I think what I've seen in the US is that people are very, it's very formal. Like you're going to date and it's like, oh, how many siblings do you have? And <laughs> <laughs> she nailed it. That is, that's tender for you. And then, yeah. And then when you're in Holland, it's more like, oh, you meet this person, you hook up and then you hook up a couple more times and then you go on a date. And it's like very informal. Um, yeah. Like people are a little less afraid to make a move sometimes, I think. Um, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Do you start with sex and then sex transitions to dating yeah versus like being friends first yeah or this formal setup i've seen that a lot i mean now with the apps obviously it's different like people do go on dates through tinder and stuff but yeah they'll definitely hook up first and stuff and then they'll see about dating later yeah it's just a little less yeah a little less formal I would say. And it's so funny because Americans, I feel like back in the day with all the old like Mary-Kate and Ashley movies and stuff, it made it seem like we were like these loose girls like traveling to Euro trips <laughs> when really it, I feel like the U.S. is so much more conservative than when I hear Dion's stories growing up in Holland. Like I think the U.S. is actually more conservative. We kind of talk a big game with like Hollywood and our movies and what we put totally. out there. But then we're like, oh my God, sex got brought up. Like, oh my God. That's I don't true. know. Yeah, he he. Still yeah. really prudish. We're kind of prudish in comparison. In comparison, yeah. for sure. Like in Holland, we always say that it's a Dutch movie if if people are naked. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, and my grandmother will be like, "Why do they always have to get naked?" <laughs> <laughs> have you dated American guys? Um, yes, I have. Nothing too seriously. Um, but uh, yeah, it never worked out. We also actually had, <laughs> we also had a re revelation like last week or something where we discovered that guys might be put off by, by me saying certain things that they're not used to or like, yeah, like cultural differences. I like guess. what? It's the Dutch directness. Directness. Dion says what yeah. she thinks. It's why we all love her, but some guys <laughs> get scared. No, Same give me though. an example. Because as a Russian, trust me, I get it. Right, yeah. People are like, that was really rude. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, it's like well, I didn't know. I'm sorry. How I was raised. <laughs> yes. Like what? What do you have an example? 
Um, well, the most recent thing I can think of is that when I was talking about my teenage brother, that I saw him with his girlfriend the first time this summer, and that they were staying at my parents' house together, right, in a room. And he's he's young. He's, like, turning 16. Um, and the guy I was with, he was shocked. He was like, what? And I was like, yeah, but, you know, if they're going to do it, they're going to do it anyway. And he's like, yeah, but then they won't be doing it under your roof. And I'm like, okay, well, your siblings are all homeschooled. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Deanna's had some interesting times, like learning a little more about like the super religious Americans, especially, you know, from more conservative areas, because I feel like that's something you haven't seen a lot in Amsterdam. No, I haven't. And, And then there's also the, you know, one time there was a guy who was really like upset about an acting exercise in acting school. And after a while, I was just like, why don't you just go home and chill, take some tea, you know? And then he was like really offended that I said that. <laughs> you have solutions. I mean, you don't want to just like say the polite thing, be like, oh, I'm so sorry. You're like, oh, well, maybe to feel better, you should have some tea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like call me tomorrow, okay? When you feel better. <laughs> dismissed (laughs) back at home did you have the same kind of thing with guys where because in right now it's almost like you're too direct like that's kind of for them they might be like oh that's like you're out masking me or something and did you have that same thing in holland no no in holland the guys are way more direct i think interesting or at least the guys i was i was dating yeah would you say they make the first move easier than American guys? Or yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. Oh, that's American totally different guys. from Helsinki. I fascinating. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Uh, Pooja, what was your? What's been your? Tell us about your sex life and your <laughs> dating life. Your experience. Well, I didn't date anyone when we were in Holland for like three months last summer, but um, I have actually dated a lot of international people. I don't really know what draws me into these international communities, but like spending so much time with Dutch people. And before I had like a whole French guy phase that Ooh. lasted for years. So that was interesting. And in an Israeli guy phase. And I've always end up being the only person who's like speaks English in a situation. It just happens <laughs> to me constantly. And yeah, it's been an interesting time. I would say, um, well, I guess one example I can think of with the, with the Israeli situation, sometimes I would get certain comments being the only American there. And I was like the cool American who gets it, who has like an international perspective and isn't like all the others, which always feels a little weird, you know, cause I'm, I'm like, I did grow up here. And I remember one time I was at this like dinner party and people were from, I think Germany and Israel. And someone was like, yeah, ugh, Americans, when they walk into the room, it's like what we were saying, they just take over the whole room. <laughs> and like, the, even if it's funny, the, everyone suddenly turns to them and the conversation is around them. And I'm thinking then, what did I do when I entered the room? I probably made a joke. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I could be wrong about this, but you were laughing. And also there have been many times when there have been completely awkward silences that I constantly have to bail people out of. And I'm like, if you people would pipe up, it wouldn't be my responsibility. <laughs> totally. I love that. Carrying <laughs> the social weight of like the burden of making everybody have a good time. Because exactly. no one else will fucking chime in. That yeah. I've felt that way so many times. And it's like, and then with French guys, the French in general, sometimes I feel like it's like, 
everyone's got to be chic and cool. So we're going to just be chic and cool. And then I sometimes come in and I'm a little more, I'm like a little looser. And again, carrying that same burden of like, I'm going to keep it fun. But at the same time, we all know that I'm going to be like sacrificing my chicness a little bit for this. Yeah, like I'll be the (laughs) asshole so that we can all like- I'll be the clown. Exactly. So that's- it's something interesting, but I've, I've grown to just accept it and say, you know what? I am from here. So, oh, well, <laughs> I'm just going to keep doing it. That is so interesting. Battling the American stereotypes abroad. After dating so many international guys, would you have a favorite country so far where you're like, I need to dip into that pool <laughs> again? Yeah, I'm going back. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I always tend to do that with the French pool. Oh, yeah. You're not done with the French. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I feel like they're always all cheating on each other, which is always like... <laughs> that's so true. Yeah. And that's their stereotype. Yeah, that's it true. is. But I have actually found that to be like pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I'm still kind of maybe down to go back into that pool. Hmm. Um, Although I will say, I think the French guys, so we live in New York. I think the French guys in New York have a very different quality from the French guys in Paris. Uh. I find the ones in Paris so much hotter because they're like in their element and they're not feeling insecure. Like they're going to show me around. They're going to, we're going to go to the the boulangerie. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Go to the, we're doing all of that there. Then sometimes they, you know, they show up in New York and they're a bit intimidated and they feel like they have to overcompensate and say New York is too fast for them, too intense. Their accent is drowned out by like all the people screaming, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) So I've like met people on vacation and seen them again in New York in a very different light. And I don't think it's just because their tan was gone. Like I think there's just, (laughs) there's more than that. So the French magic was gone. Exactly. We've seen that with a lot of guys who come from out of the country into New York. And we were like, wait, what happened here? Yeah. If you don't mind saying about how old are you guys? Oh, yeah. Don't 26. mind at all. 26. So what's the 20-something dating scene in New York like right now? Hmm. I feel like you can categorize it in a couple different categories. Like there are the people who are down for like banger types. So if you're down for that, New York might just be the place for you. <laughs> yeah. Don't expect too much like loyalty and stuff. No. But, but if you just bankers. Wanna, yeah. <laughs> But if you yeah, how s- weird. I really yeah. thought that their moral compass was always <laughs> right? spot on. They pointing like such a good right guy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so if, if you're the kind of girl who's down for like that type, they are running around in New York for sure. But I think we both are usually into more alternative types, Yeah, which has led us to interesting places in New York. Yeah. Mm, do tell. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> if you can, come on, air um, that laundry. I don't, I don't know what you, what you, well, I think I know what you would like to say, but, <laughs> but I think for me, it's been, it's been a weird time dating wise, because I feel like we're, we're off doing our own thing work wise. And a lot of guys don't understand that. Yeah. I think we're, cause you know, we both went to business school back in the day. Oh really? Yes, yeah. Bitch, that's what's yeah. Up. We did. And it's proving to be super useful now making a show, but, yeah. um, that did put us into certain, especially me, since I went to school in the U S almost everyone I know in New York, they're all working and consulting and banking. And I was working in fashion, but it was corporate fashion. So really the scene was like, Let's find a BF. Let's just like canoodle through the winter and do the typical things that we all do. But I just feel like now, especially. Now you're so fucking many, artists. Yeah. And so many guys <laughs> don't even have any idea what we're doing. They just have no clue. They don't have any clue. And then you have, you know, the 
artist type or artiste artiste <laughs> and like that's also not a great match because they don't understand the business stuff we're doing ah uh, yes the number of guys that have asked me to be their business manager for their artiste work oh my god and i'm like oh you want me to send that email <laughs> That's ridiculous. You can't afford me, yeah, frankly. Like, pay uh, me, bitch. Nah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I'm doing free labor in addition to all the free emotional labor I'm going to do exactly. in this fucking relationship. For yes. your lazy, lazy ass. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I think uh, I met a lot of these artiste types when I was still in a corporate job, and they opened up the world of, like, Bushwick and, you know, where all these people hang out. And I thought it was cool, something so different from the people that were sitting at the cubicle next to me, what they were doing. But I also got the clear message. This is what we do. We are artists. This is not what you do. It doesn't matter that you've been playing violin since you were three years old. It doesn't matter that, you know, you can do X, Y, and Z things. This is our world and um, good luck getting your promotion. And I was like, Ooh, okay. But I don't think I belong there either. So now we're kind of in this limbo yeah. in between, I think. And, you know, we spend most of our time together so that's that tracks with 20 something girlfriends. That's like yeah. your ride or die. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. And we like we're going to be traveling a lot. We were shooting Amsterdam Eve in like Holland and then New York. And then now we're in L.A. And then we're going to be basically doing screenings all over the place. So, yeah, we, we're not really thinking about dating very much right now. We don't want to have to answer to anyone. Like when people talk about like what they ate for lunch with, you know, they have to text what they ate for lunch. I'm always like, oh, how many texts? I have carpal tunnel. Like I can't do this. I can't text you everything I'm eating. And, and of course it doesn't have to be that way. But I just think for us, we see that a lot. And you can see some of our, um, I'd say non-traditional views on all of this in the show too. Yeah. Um, but there are more traditional guys out there than you think who are like, gearing up for husband life. And I think if they see two girls who are like really in the heat of their career and and not thinking so much about that, maybe even don't have a life that centers around ever even wanting that necessarily, that scares people away, I think, which is fine. My best friend and I, when I was in my 20s, people thought uh, we were gay all the time. Hmm. Just because I think when you have your ride or die in your 20s, it's a very intense relationship and you spend so much of your time together and that person understands you more than anyone frequently you live together. And then and when sometimes it does fulfill romantic needs in yeah. a way, in an yeah. odd way. But yeah. like, I mean, I've especially def- if you're not completely straight, then it kind of want can wander over into like a weird territory. But then I think that is always threatening to men when like they meet two girls that two are really girls. close. They're just like, wait, I don't understand. Where's the room for me? Yeah. Here? Where am I going to go? Yeah. Well, too bad. <laughs> yeah, too bad. We actually get that people think, and this is so funny because we're like different nationalities and different ethnicities, but sometimes people think we're related, especially when we're tan. Yeah. So that's confusing, but fun. Oh, that's, that's so weird. That, that, I wouldn't think that. But I'm you like, guys is do it seem- because you guys both have your hair half up, half down right now? <laughs> Because that would yes, be the dumbest do, reason to think two people are related. That's definitely why. How you definitely seem like two peas in a pod, but I'm not related. <laughs> yeah, not familially. People at WeWork thought we were sisters. That we were sisters. We've also had like in the Whole Foods here in LA, actually, that we answered the same thing at the same time in the exact same voice. And and the woman behind the cashier, uh, the, behind the 
Cashier. Cashier. Yeah, she she asks us if we sing together. If we sing together, like, <laughs> chorally. She's like, are you <laughs> two-thirds of Destiny's Child? <laughs> that was amazing. Because you guys look like triplets. <laughs> um, this has been such a pleasure to chat with you guys. Thank you so much for stopping by the show. Yeah, we thanks love you. for this having was great. us. We're excited to tune in for Amsterdam Ave. When does it launch? Where can people find it? It's launching this fall, most likely in November. Um, it's going to be on our YouTube channel, Fountain Avenue Productions, but you can also follow us on Instagram. We're AmsterdamAv.TheSeries. And we're also on Twitter and, and Facebook. And you can also sign up for our newsletter on our website, AmsterdamAv-TheSeries.com um, because we're going to have screenings. So we might be coming to a place near you. We might be. Ooh, check That's them awesome. out. Yeah, thanks, ladies. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Dion and Pooja, you are delightful. That was so great. I'm so excited for their series. Yeah, I can't wait. And if you are in New York City, they're actually having a screening tomorrow night. And if you go to the, their website, AmsterdamAv-TheSeries.com, they have a whole list of screenings and they have one coming up in Amsterdam, which is super tight. Yeah, I think uh, if it comes to town, definitely make it a priority to see it. We're, We're going do it. to... And next week, we have the badass ladies from Shameless Sex. How cool were they? They're amazing. Removing shame and stigma from sex. Love those ladies. They brought a dog with them. We had a six-month-old puppy. Mama loved. I'm mama. Mama loved the puppy. Yeah, we're going to try to edit out the dog, but it was we had a great time with those ladies. Honestly, I hope you can hear him snarfling a little bit because it was so <laughs> cute, you guys. <laughs> And we have an exciting announcement from one of our past guests. Uh, our first episode ever of Private Parts Unknown was with Soldiers of Pole. They're the ladies that are unionizing the strippers in Los Angeles. They are super cool. We told them we would help out when they're doing their next event. And guess what? It's time, you guys. They're having an awesome event coming up. It's on September 30th. Tickets are like 15 to 20 bucks. Super reasonable for going out and supporting these ladies and having a great time. I mean, honestly, you're going to go watch amazing like stripping. Like you should really be paying way more than that i know make sure you bring some singles yeah okay definitely tip so hit up their ig their soldiers underscore of underscore poll underscore there's all kinds of info on there it's at the federal bar it's also hosted by jack the stripper yeah i don't know if you guys knew but jack the stripper is the one who trained all the girls in that movie hustlers that's coming so out j-lo lizza Lizzo, everybody, everybody whose name's Constance in an O. Wu. Yeah. Constance Wu. Constance <laughs> Woe. <laughs> Stupid. We also have another recommendation for you guys. So the Earbuds Podcast Collective is a weekly podcast recommendation service. It's this amazing little newsletter that I get every Sunday. And it's curated with a theme. Each guest curator will recommend five podcast episodes that are based on that theme. And there, I got to tell you, there's some really freaking good Rex in there. She gets really good guest curators. Soph and I are in line, but the line's pretty long. But we wanted to give you guys a little uh, heads up on that uh, before we curate because it is just such a good service and a great way to get turned on to new and interesting podcasts. 
while still remaining committed to your moms. Us. <laughs> yeah, no, it's actually really good because I feel like when I'm trying to find a new thing to listen to, it's hard to just like dive into a new podcast. You're like, oh, I don't know it's if I'm going to like this. It's a commitment. Yeah. But if someone picked five episodes, it's like so much easier. I found some really good stuff that way. Hey, Sophia, what's that bomb ass music? So glad you asked. This music is by our amazing friend, Amy Rosh. You should find her on Spotify. R-A-A-S-C-H. This episode was mixed by Mike Castaneda from Plastic Audio. We, we love, love you, Mike. Mike. Oh, that was aggressive. <laughs> yeah, I brought the death metal to this she one. She brought the rage. If you like this episode or you're feeling generous, please leave us five stars and a sweet review on iTunes. You guys, it makes us feel so freaking good every it time really we get it. It really means a lot to us. Yeah. And we will read your review on air. And if you send us a screenshot, we'll send you a cool private parts unknown button. And if you didn't like us, see you in hell. We'll both be there. <laughs> we'll also be here next week. So see you next time. Bye. Bye.